probably the people least likely to go surfing in the world. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, we're officially rolling, guys. Whoa. This is hey. Happening. All oh, right. Oh, hey there. Welcome back to the Wednesday Morning Surf Report, the podcast that answers tomorrow's questions today. That's the biggest reaction I've ever gotten from my intro. So you nailed it. Take it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I am one of your hosts. My name is Rick Larson. With me, as always, is my other host, Jeff Cardello. Jeff, how's it going? Good. Just uh, fighting to stay above the the noise uh, here at, at Gangplank. Uh, so we're well, in with the excitement. Yeah. So that's a lot cool. of excitement here. Yeah. yeah. An unintentional audience, or maybe a com- competing, uh, competing but, noise source. Yeah. But hey, there's enough room for for everyone here. So yeah, we're very inclusive of anyone's weird noises. Absolutely. Um, speaking of which, let's introduce our guest. <laughs> Our first guest, seated to my immediate right, returning guest, longtime friend of the show, uh, local improviser, comedian, cartoonist, and writer, Tommy Cannon. Hello. Hey, hey thanks for having me again. You bet. What's another fact, Tommy, that you would like the world to know about you? Well, uh, a fact I would like to know is that I greatly enjoyed Jeff Cardello's face when I, on a previous episode, revealed that I had eaten a hummingbird. Oh. And he looked at me with such a great face that that it made me sad this was not video. Oh, <laughs> because man. it was yeah. absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I, I'm left-handed. Sure. Okay. There you go. Okay. That's <laughs> a fact. Two, uh, two facts. A bonus two facts. Fact. A yeah. bonus fact. This, uh, this is one of those uh, extra special episodes that you'll put away in a plastic bag. <laughs> till you're, till you're With a backboard. Yes. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, let's meet our other guest, also a returning guest, also a longtime friend of the show, also an improviser. and Also uh, left-handed. Also left-handed. Oh, yeah, that's Whoa. right. What a world. <laughs> <laughs> My brother is left-handed. Oh, man. Um, I guess I did, and probably he did. But um, Now we do. This is Bill Binder. Hello. And uh, Bill, what's a, a fact that you'd like the world to know about you? Uh, I was born in Southfield, Michigan. Oh. All right. Cool. Well, I've never been to Southfield, Michigan. Oh, it's lovely. Me neither. Sounds like it. Is it? Is there a lovely field? <laughs> there probably was. There probably was. Twenty six. Oh, okay. <laughs> Eighteen twenty seven. They burned that shit down. <laughs> We're putting it up in an M and M museum. Actually, yep. well, I'm going to share a quick story. There was there's like a one tenth of an acre plot near where the the football team used to play in Detroit that the old cranky guy never sold. So it's this unkempt little thing. That, and he kept a sign for decades that he kept painting, and it was just like, 17 years, you know, a bullet in the head would be kind compared to 17 years of political torture in Oakland County. Nobody ever knew what, what he was upset about. <laughs> oh, but he man. updated the number every year, kept it well painted. Yeah. He really that's... had a beef. I, I can see. Well, <laughs> poorly drawn bullet. I want to call his bluff. Though. Yeah. Is he yes. going to throw a hashtag on there? You know who you are. Yeah. 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 Well, the 17 years thing makes me think that it's probably it's probably something you could research and find out. But 
if it was if the bullet in the head was really that much better, <laughs> yeah. like oh. then you wouldn't are, be updating that side. Those are easy to come <laughs> by. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. But uh, yeah, it must have been some super ultra local political thing. Yeah, that, uh, ultra local to that one tenth of an acre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look at that. City won't make my neighbor cut his tree or something. <laughs> I really want that tree cut. Been <laughs> dropping apples in my yard. Uh, well, <coughs> I think we should answer a question. Ooh. And I think we should get Tommy to right. choose one at Very random. Well. Okay. Okay, I've chosen a question. All right. Okay, what is the deal with musicals? What is the deal with musicals? Okay. All right. All right. And you're not. This podcast is not required to actually be a musical, but if you feel like bursting into song, yeah. please yeah. Uh, do so. I just want to clarify the difference between a musical and a musical review, because we're not <laughs> okay. talking about a musical review. We're talking about musicals. Yes. Okay. So none of this music theory jerks yeah. are going to be all over us. Yeah. Not oh none of this. That's entertainment stuff right. coming music up right now. Jerk or a music theater theater junkie jerk. Yeah, a little of column A, a little column B. Okay. So but, yeah. like no discussion of Blues Brothers. <laughs> I could see our, I could see. Fair enough. I could yeah. See a music okay. Theory, yeah. A music theory jerk like. Yeah. You the- got the definition of intervals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Theater jerks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those guys are jerks. <laughs> Everybody who knows stuff I don't and what likes to correct me. I thought about creating because a lot of a lot of podcasts that I listen to have like Facebook groups where people post and they're like, I really thought it was great when he said this. I thought we should just make ours about corrections. <laughs> yeah, join if you want to correct us. Also, I can, I can see the purpose of those face groups, but the, also they can be pretty self-indulgent. It sounds. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. yeah. Here's a Facebook group about things that I did that are great. <laughs> Here's a Facebook group about left-handed people born in the <laughs> '70s in Orlando, Florida. Um, I do occasionally post to the. Uh, the useless, unsuccessful, and/or unpopular meme page. Yeah. Which is at like ninety-nine thousand members now. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> but it's like the same twenty-three people posting. It's, it's, um, well, there's a lot of people that put stuff up and that it's just <laughs> garbage or yeah. stolen or whatever, and it gets deleted like in ten minutes, and then they come back and they're really mad about it. Yeah. Um, but there there are a number of splinter groups that, uh, especially. When you're in the, uh, I'm trying to humble brag here. Uh, when you're in the upper echelon of like <laughs> popular posts of useless memes. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> one of mine, at least like two months ago, was like the second most popular one ever from that came out of that group. So you failed. Um, yeah. Failed. Yeah. Exactly. It was popular. That's <laughs> exactly. bad. I wrote on there. Uh, on the, my first one, when it got like a thousand likes, I'm like, uh, sorry guys, I can do worse, I promise. <laughs> um, but uh, some guy who's well known and, and pop posts a lot of popular stuff on there um, just started a splinter group to make memes about himself. So he posted like, here, use these ten pictures of me and make wow. memes about me. And now, this group exists okay. only to make memes about uh, his name is Scott Sutton, if he's listening. Now, okay. I, I want to ask, did did Mr. Sutton put on photos of himself that look good? 
Or did he put on photos of himself that look bad as a self-deprecating thing? Uh, or I don't know. He's, did he's, you see He's them? a pretty handsome fella. Oh, uh, well, there we go. Oh, God. There are, there, and okay. there are people who do like post stuff to the groups that are like, here's a picture of me. Everybody make fun of me. Um, but... Oh yeah, caption this. Yeah, roast I think me. that's fun though. I don't bit. have that level. A little of, bit. Uh, yeah, I like the roast me oh, thread yeah. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Caption this once in a while. I get an idea. I'll throw one down. Okay. We can always just use the standard uh, New Yorker caption that goes with everything, which is Christ, what an asshole. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, there's a couple new ones too. There's the uh, I'd like to, <laughs> I'd like to be your. Professional contact on LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that works with just about every just New about Yorker every New Yorker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd swipe left for that. So, um, I, I saw a musical thing just today. Mm -hmm. I uh, I was just amused by the title of a YouTube clip because Hamilton played at the White House today. The musical. Oh, which that's is awesome. That's awesome. And um, a lot of people posted that um, Obama had this like little intro, and it was, I guess, really good. But the mm -hmm. intro, as it was posted on YouTube, was direct from the CNN feed. So the title is like a brief intro by Obama, and it's like 73 minutes long, most <laughs> of which is just you know an empty podium. Oh. So I like, like <laughs> any 70 minute video that says a brief intro. That's yeah. pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> I like those, uh, those empty podium. Somebody, somebody should do like a super cut of the empty, the empty podium shots. Every now and then, a politician will say like something embarrassing. Oh yeah, you know, it's like moments where the mics are still hot. And, but uh, it also would be fun just to have video of nothing happening. <laughs> I feel like that's forty percent of C-SPAN too. <laughs> it's like it's a. It's a podium, and we're waiting, expecting something to happen. I do. I am oddly drawn to those videos when they just leave the cameras on when newscasters go to commercial, and they just sit there silently for three <laughs> minutes, not even talking to each other. Just yeah. I used to imagine that they would make out. <laughs> One time. That's um, what I always wanted to happen. Uh, speaking of hot mics where you don't want one. Mm -hmm. The NFL started the NFL Network some years back, but they were new to it once okay. upon a time. Yeah. Uh, not too long ago, actually. And As we all were. We were so young We were then. so young then. And they uh, they were doing Thursday night football. That's kind of like why like the Thursday night games are happening every week now, is for the NFL network to have their own oh, network okay. and to have the exclusivity of broadcasting those games. And they made the mistake of hovering a mic over the coaches. Yes, I remember <laughs> this. <laughs> they said, okay, hey, let's take a listen in on the Baltimore Ravens, like, uh, offensive line coach right now. And he just, like, it's like, we're just trying to win an effing game and effing this and effing. And they went, like, real <laughs> dull real quick. And they're like, we want to apologize to our viewers. Uh, we had no idea. You had no idea? <laughs> <laughs> Well, also, there was a con another controversy that when they first started that, the, the, the other team would just be listening. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, oh, they're going to do this play because <laughs> it's on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, NFL Network. 
I hope you've li- lived through these growing yeah, pains yeah, and like, became stronger. I'm very proud. Yeah, but yeah. what about the seven yeah, yeah. second delay? They're going to be like, oh, they're about to do this thing seven seconds ago. <laughs> Why aren't we out there? Well, seven football seconds is different <laughs> from seven of oh, our yeah. seconds. So I am metric true. or something. <laughs> I'm thrilled to own a Laserdisc called How to Watch Professional Football. Nice. <laughs> I need to watch that. How do you and do it? It's not a misleading title. It's it's telling you yeah. how from the comfort of your home to understand and watch football on television. <laughs> you will find the average television has two surfaces, one of which lights up. Yes. <laughs> You're going to want to point your uh, facial extremities towards that side. The illuminated side. Um, Speaking of which, I uh, went to a Super Bowl party a few years ago and did not get any love for what I thought was a hilarious observation. Mm -hmm. Because they have, uh, all the coaches have like these laminated playlists or whatever they are. They've got their cheat sheets on these like laminated cards. And often they'll talk into their headset microphone, but they'll cover their mouth. So mm-hmm. that the other team can't read their lips. Mm-hmm. So yes. I don't even remember what year it was or who was playing, but it was getting towards the end of the game, and it was a, a pretty, pretty much decided. Like it was gonna take a huge miracle for the team to come back, and the coach was calling a play with the with the, the card covering his mouth, and I said he's given up already, and he's looking at a takeout menu. <laughs> <laughs> And none of the football fans in no. attendance. No, the no, 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 no. Got. They the didn't like it, man. Yeah. Oh. There are sports fans who are pretty jovial about that sort of things, and yeah. sports fans who are like, "There is nothing funny about this." Yeah, yeah. This is, Our this team is, is losing. Yeah. I don't. I, I think I could benefit from a how to watch football laser <laughs> disc. I mm. like. I don't understand football. I feel like there's mm. a lot of statistics and strategy and all that and um, when I watch it yeah it's like that seven second thing where seven seconds turns into seven hours and I mm-hmm. just check out yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a crazy amount of rules to do a fake version of rugby or something yeah, yeah. And actually I did have a guy at a party explain to me why football's cool and I actually got it mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. he was saying like there's not as many games as in baseball and there's like mm-hmm. caps on the salaries and it, there's more of a level for lack of a better word playing field as far as like anyone can go to the Super Bowl like it's like yeah, yeah. so that's it's like I true. got it I'm like okay that sounds exciting and also I disagree slightly because there are a lot of rules to football but but most of them only affect very minor things in your viewing it's like it's like they need to get here in four turns is really what it boils down to. And yeah. like sometimes you're like, oh, you have to do that one over. And you're like, don't understand why. But I still, <laughs> right, you know, yeah. the, the, the hyper specifics, but like, the, the, you know, and I, I'm probably, I'm surprisingly maybe more familiar with the rules of football because I know I don't look it. But like, <laughs> but like most of those rules are just in the minutia. It's just at the end, they got four turns to get here. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, it's like, but I, I can follow yeah. that part. Yeah. I do think there are people who live for the minutia. Oh, yeah, there are definitely. Yeah. Yes. But I think you can enjoy it without. You know, knowing that there's people who enjoy anything for the minutia. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, comic books or musicals? Or yeah, yep. musicals. Yeah. Yep. My favorite is Singing in the Rain. Love Singing in the Rain. Okay. And yeah. And I always feel bad for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm I don't gonna, know. Uh, con- I'm gonna throw a musical. Controversial yeah. opinion on Singing okay, in the Rain, go for it. if I may. Everyone seen it. Singing in the Rain? I have. I'm just trying to. 
pull it apart from the Music Man, which I know I have seen. Uh huh. Yeah. And so you've got uh-huh. one. One is about movie makers, and the other one is the huckster trying to get the town to start a, yeah. a band. Also, if you want to yeah. see an excellent version of the Music Which Man, this dumbest yeah. scam. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, if you if you like the Music Man, I definitely recommend the um, uh, Life uh, Finds a Way. Uh, Ian Malcolm, what's his name? Malcolm Mc. No, not what's his name. What? The guy from <laughs> Jurassic Park and Independence oh. Day. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff yeah. Goldblum. The Jeff Goldblum film Pittsburgh. Oh, which okay. is a, oh. a sort of meta version of the Music Man, <laughs> but um, no. So controversial uh, opinion anything. on Singing in the Rain, um, Moulin Rouge. Some people loved it, some people hated it, and they're entitled to. And it's a fine review. What's that? Go on. It is. Yeah, I know, but it's related to musical. <laughs> it is. Uh, in that, anybody who says that format is invalid of taking a story and setting it a hundred years ago, but putting music from twenty years ago in it. And they're like, that's weird and it clashes because it's all 80s music in the oh, 80s right. 90s. Yeah. I'm like, that's exactly what Singing in the Rain was. Because Singing in the Rain was made in 46, something yeah, like that. Yeah, late 40s, early 50s, something like that. All those songs were popular songs from the early 30s. Oh. And they're like, we want a way to bring these songs back. So we're going to write a story around, a story set in the 20s using these 30s songs to yeah. string together the story. I'm like, that's exactly what Moulin Rouge was. So you can not like Moulin Rouge, <laughs> but you can't say the format is invalid and also appreciate Singing in the Rain. Yeah, yeah. The format is mm-hmm. rarely invalid. It's normally the yeah. details, minutia, and execution. Yeah. yeah. But there was that people who were like, you can't put 80 songs in a movie. I'm like, that's, been, yeah, that's what Singing in the Rain was. We just... All the thir- 20s, 30s, and 40s are all so long ago that we're just like, oh, it's all the same thing. It's, yeah. Oh, in the right. 40s, yeah. in the 40s, they're like, this is crazy. What's happening? I yeah. think of that yeah. as like the time Doppler effect. Yeah. Because we all think of like anything more than like 100 years ago is just a long time ago. Well, and you know, so, in 10 years, you ask yeah. a kid, you know, which is older, Yogi Bear or Family Guy, and they won't know. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. yeah, or like the the meme that I saw a few years ago, where they're like the T Rex and the Stegosaurus were farther <laughs> apart than the, yeah than, they, than 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 they are from us. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's so weird to think about. But you get into yeah like numbers bigger than people can conceive of. Yeah, and it's all just big numbers, and it it kind of uh, it kind of falls away. Yeah. I saw an article about Graham's number. I'm sure Bill knows Graham's number. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna seriously butcher like the description of it, but they were like counting up or- orders of magnitude, and they got then they jumped to Google and Googleplex, and then mm-hmm. like and here's this crazy number mm-hmm. that's actually like like three to the third power to the third power to the th- and, and it gets huge like ridiculously fast. They say the largest number that's useful in math is 10 to the 10th to the 10th to the 10th to the 23rd. I don't remember what that's good for. <laughs> that's that's a, the largest? That's another that has an, like an actual useful usefulness, usefulness so in yeah, mathematics. They were, using, they were using references of and like... 23rd is in there? If, if you, <laughs> filled, oh, if you yeah. filled the oh, yeah, entire sure. known universe with Zeros. Single atoms, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't be able to write out this, the zero isn't that number, much <laughs> less the number. Yeah. Um, my favorite big number when I was a kid was Novem Trigentillion, just because it sounded awesome. That would be um, one with a uh, hundred and... No, that's not right. Yeah, 120 zeros after it. 
When so. I when I was a kid, I was really into the number eleven because I was my age. So when when you were, were uh, yeah, when I was yeah, eleven, my it, favorite it number was eleven. Okay. <laughs> it is weird to think about like some years were so impactful on your life that like oh I must have been 11 for six years yeah, yeah. yeah. there's so much more happened when I was 11 than when I was 12 <laughs> I was 12 for like five minutes yeah 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 <laughs> it's funny you say that because I remember 12 was my year that I was like man like 12 that was a year a lot, <laughs> a lot went down I think mine was 15 okay when I was 15 uh, I, I don't know what mine was. Maybe it was uh, maybe it was nineteen was a big one for me. Twenty three I think was pretty. Twenty three was oh, a big one. Twenty three again. I feel like I go back to. I, I have this weird thing where like anything younger than like twelve, I'm just like I was a kid. I I, I can't. Don't know. No. I'm not a good. I'm not. A, I have friends. Um, are all mutual friend Mac Duncan like knows what year every movie came out and mm-hmm. this came out before that and I can't I just can't remember things that way oh like, man Leonard Malton is like that to like <laughs> a, an extreme and but however he has like no abstract thinking he doesn't have that creative mind one time I don't know if Bill you were there we were at a San Diego Comic Con, and they're doing that quick draw thing where it's essentially they do improv with cartooning. Yeah. Uh, and okay. they had Leonard Malton come out and they said, All right, these artists are going to draw oh out my gosh, ideas, yes, awful. illustrations <laughs> of titles of um, movies that have won the Best Picture Oscar. And so Sergio Aragones, the great artist, is up there and he's drawing a guy. And he's got the, the the panel divided into fourths, and he's got you know snowflakes in one panel, falling leaves in another, uh, a, a, a flower growing in another, and then like you know the the blazing sun in the fourth one. And we're all like, it's a man for all seasons. <laughs> and Leonard Malton is standing there confounded. It's like and like Scott <laughs> Shaw draws like like a beauty pageant contestant in front of an American flag. And went, it's American beauty. He was like, <laughs> and he's just like, lady flag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he was just <laughs> the audience of like thousands of people are going crazy. Like, it's this. I, I bet screaming. I, bet I would like the movie Lady Flag. More than I like the movie American Beauty. We are, but the, what I loved is you've got like. Like, like you've got a, a few thousand jack wagons in a giant room, oh, yeah. screaming at world-renowned <laughs> author and film critic Leonard Malton because he can't get a joke, and we're all like, "Damn it, dude! It's, it's American Beauty! It's American Beauty! You old fart, say it! You're making me cry, Leonard Malton. <laughs> Go sell another million books." <laughs> You wish idiot. Put that on a t-shirt. You fool. You're making me cry, Leonard Malton. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh my gosh, yeah. There, there was a few others that are popping in my head as I remember that. But I can't I, help but hear the phrase "You're making me cry, Leonard Malton" to the tune of "Don't cry for me, Argentina." You're <laughs> <laughs> making me cry, Leonard, Leonard Malton. Malton. <laughs> the truth is, you can't think abstractly. <laughs> 
I knew this was going to turn into a yeah, musical we started episode. Our first yeah. musical episode. Yes. Aww. <laughs> uh, one time, uh, not when I was 15, but pretty close, somewhere in high school, I was, uh, back then I was much slimmer. Mm-hmm. I, I, I looked like a starved person, so slim. I was okay. Mac Duncan slim. And uh, it, was, it was funny in that I was in Guys and Dolls and cast in the role of Big Julie. Oh, okay. And I, I talked with like a giant man voice. But there were no solos or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, but like, yeah, that was, that was the joke role I have been put in. Uh, I'm just wondering if any of you have been cast in a comedy sketch or a play or a musical in which wouldn't it be funny to see this guy play this thing that's totally uh, I had the opposite happen actually okay. once is that <laughs> like you were right on for the role no it oh. wouldn't it be tragic to see it oh, was uh, it be tragic no, no, it was <laughs> when I was uh, in Michigan I knew a lot of playwrights who did like small local shows and they cast me in some of them like they're comedies right I like I played like a hippie who worked in a dollar theater and stuff like that um, <laughs> Uh, oh, and it's an aside to maybe drink this thing for that. That was uh, lemonade with Mrs. Dash quick. <laughs> it was just, but by the end, I was just like, yeah, I'm just, I'd grown accustomed to it. But this one guy wrote this real serious drama about a father with Alzheimer's and um, who died and his family was dealing with it. And, and he's like, I want you to play that. And I was like, uh, what? Because <laughs> at that point, I only knew like, Silly Fart. Yeah, and uh, he's like, no, no, I really want to see you play this like straight, and that was really challenging. But I'm really glad he did because that gave me, you know, that I think that affected a lot of my performances since then to get some more of that truth and that emotional honesty that I was not doing back in '97. There was no was uh, lemonade. You who Mrs. Dash involved with that? <laughs> not, not one, no. no. Okay. I figure maybe a drink like that <laughs> yeah. could induce like, oh, temporary Alzheimer's. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember in the one I was drinking with the hippie that we played, it was in Dollar Theater, and I loved that we had to like make a set for that play that looked like the concession stand. Uh-huh. And we're like, we're like drawing a blank, like, what? I can't what are they song concessions and different popcorn. So it's called the local, this is in Houghton, Michigan, where there's one movie theater with one screen. <laughs> so called like, the UP. Yeah. And we're like, hey, we're making this play, we want to know uh, snacks. And I'm like, they're not gonna play! And I'm like, yeah, and told us, I'm like, can we just stay? And they're like, sure. And they came in. I'm like, I was those candy. We told them that they were just really excited to be oh, man. Yeah. advisors. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they were in the little photocopied <laughs> yeah, yeah. program. Yeah. Uh, Special thanks to our assistant prop yeah, designers. I love, actually, the prop designer, the, uh, <laughs> the, the prop designer had uh, the, with the movie poster in the background. You couldn't really see from the audience because it was like a Disney's animated Atlas Shrugged. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I was a happy train. <laughs> I would love to watch that movie. <laughs> All right, um, we're going to take a little bit of a break right now. We'll be right. right back. Vocal warm-ups. Uh, we are officially back from break. Ooh. It's like time Ooh. didn't even pass for you all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, here on Earth, too. <laughs> now that battle world is over, yeah. we're all animals. Uh, but no, during the break, Rick and I were talking about one of the best musicals. 
uh, The Runaway Snowman. Yes. Uh, in which both of us, uh, in our respective third grade classes, played Freddy Fast Talk, the smooth talking con man who tricks a young child out of his magical snowman. Oh. Yes. Oh, you guys. <laughs> yeah. And also, oh. yeah. and also is the only character in the play who has a song all to himself, like a solo song. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's called, Oh, Little Boy, I'm Gonna Make You a Star. Yes. Oh. Um, and, uh,. And my favorite line, because I'm like, that was my first time on stage, so I took it like, really seriously and learned all my lines and my songs. My favorite part in that song, because what do you call that in music where like, you like stop singing to talk for a second in the music? Because he's in the middle of the song, and he goes like, if you just sign here on the dotted line. And I was like, that line is gold. Nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Yeah. You nailed it even right here. Yeah. I was like transported um, to a world yeah. of magical Definitely, Christmas. I, I saw like the, that would be the moment in the movie version yeah. where like the lights would all turn red and we'd realize you were the devil. And Nathan Lane is doing it. Yeah. And um, no, I that was my first time oh, on stage. Nathan Lane could... Yeah, choice. that moment choice. you became Freddy Fast Talk. <laughs> but had sunglasses on and like a fedora and like bell bottoms. But I remember like I worked on it and it came out. I, I had a checkered sport coat. I remember this distinctly. I was eight, but I remember this distinctly. Like I came out onto the stage when my line came out and and like the audience clapped and like I was like, don't look at them because that would be like dumb. But just sort of like kind of glanced over. But I had sunglasses on and the lights were on, so I just it was like darkness. Yeah, and I was Ooh. like. Whoa! And that, like that, really in that moment was just like something magic's happening right now. I, I yeah. remember, yeah, in my solo song, yeah. standing there, oh little boy, I'm gonna make you a star. Yeah, I could not, yeah, even make out individual heads, and mm-hmm. just seeing like off above me and to the left mm-hmm. slightly the spotlight shining on me. <laughs> oh man, I, yeah, I still have great Charlie a Brown visceral yeah. memory of that. My favorite line, unquestionably from that play, though, was not a sung line, but at the end when they help the snowman escape, and I come in and the cops are looking, and the cops, like, they say they can't find the snowman. Uh, my exit, my, my exit line, is I throw my hands up in the air and I yell, Meatheads! You're all meatheads! <laughs> Which is, that's great writing. <laughs> that, is, that is pretty solid. That and once again, solid. you have become... Yeah. Took you to another Just, place. Yes. <laughs> place of magic. And no, I I still know that was third grade. I practiced so hard to play. I still know pretty much all the dialogue and songs from that song. Oh, wow. That's yeah. amazing. I remember the, the title of that song and kind of the chorus, but I, yeah. I remember none Deep of it. Deep freeze. Yeah. I do remember that my friend, I think his name was either Anthony or Antonio, mm-hmm. who played opposite me. He played the snowman. Yeah. And I remember he was kind of built like a snowman. It was like, oh, this is totally stunt casting. J- yeah, Jason, whose nickname was Peely, <laughs> was, was the snowman. So yeah, type oh man, <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh we man. Need a play where we can uh, we can cast the fattest <laughs> child in school, yeah. which he wasn't. Yeah, but he did just kind of have a round face and a little mm-hmm. round body and. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Tommy, have you had any moments uh, bursting forth oh, in song on, on a stage as a child? Oh man, um, gosh, I, I'm 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 not even thinking of a musical. All this talk is making me think of the first time I did a play. It was not a musical though. Um, it was it was a play called The Man Who Came to Dinner. Mm. And it's it's it, it has a large cast. It was uh, 
um, I'm blanking on the name. The, the first name is George, the playwright. George S. Kaufman. George S. Kaufman, I think. Okay. Um, and he knew Alexander Walcott very well, and so he made a, this play as a spoof of Alexander Walcott's life and all the friends he knows and stuff. So, anyway, I was supposed to be, like, the teenage kid of the house that this old man was staying at for, like, a summer or something like that. And, like, I'm in rehearsal, like, I'm super funny, and... It's just not working because, like, I'm supposed to be normal teenager, but every time I walk out there, I end up doing something that cracks everybody up, just, like, not even oh, trying. Oh, yeah. And so deep into the production of this, the, um, the our director, our theater teacher, made the call because there was this... Uh, Poor young girl our age, also a teenager, high school person. She was struggling with her role in that she was playing an axe murderer. So she could not be as psychotic as was necessary <laughs> to be the axe murderer. I see. Yeah. Which was a female role. So what he did was he, he switched us. Mm. He made her be a normal teenage girl, which the lines didn't require a male anyway. So uh -huh. just changed... Yeah. Her name, and what they did was they made me a cross-dressing axe murderer, oh, and then the and then the play was a hit, and okay. <laughs> it worked out, and yeah, and I even got to uh, yeah my first performance of this play. Like I got out there, and somewhere in there I fell down some stairs, and my shoe fell off, and I improvised around it, and it was magic somehow. Oh wow. Like messing up. That was the, yeah. then, the like, birth of an improviser. That's right kind of what it was. Yeah, yeah it was kind of great. Yeah. <laughs> you were talking about like roles that could be played by females. Did you hear about that stupid lawsuit off of that great show that's happening in New York right now? This woman, and I wish I remembered her name, she does like a 45 minute show, one woman show, where she plays all the female parts from like 20 plays and it's like three lines each you know it's oh like, man because uh, you know it's this this yeah. representation and also that almost all the lines are like i'm sorry you oh know? yeah so yeah it's like a really effective show <laughs> oh geez um and i want to see it but this one playwright sued her, like tr like put the cease and desist out like the day it was going to open it was, it was like, david mamet wasn't it no <laughs> <laughs> it was it was some um, it was Scott current Adams, but, yeah. the creator of dilbert <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 So he's like, puts the seats, just like, and it, they're like, no, this falls under fair use. So he tries again. So the thing is, there, like, there's another play he has that doesn't have any women in it. And he's like, she's mocking that play by not saying anything in her play that's from my play. Uh, I'm like, are you ordering here to cease and desist? Doing Not nothing? Doing <laughs> like, that's Whoa. the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, I want to cease and desist from you not referencing my place. You're sure it's not David Mamet? He is that level <laughs> yeah, yeah. crazy. He would. I, he's Mamet's that crazy, but it was not Mamet. Oh, okay. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Um, all of these, like, the role we were born to play stories mm -hmm. um, reminds me in college... I really wanted to audition for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and for whatever reason, I had other commitments and I couldn't do it, and I still, to this day, think 
I would totally crush it in one flew over that cuckoo's Who are you going for? Yeah, what, no, what would your role be? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, were you one of the inmates? In that, I, almost yeah, every role I, in that you'd be I, great I, at. I could probably yeah, you'd be uh, yeah, Billy I'm, or, yeah. I'm imagining a number of roles in that yeah. you'd be good in. I mean, Nurse Ratchet. obviously, yeah, obviously <laughs> um, I can't think of. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. He's the Randall McMurphy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, McMurdle, McMurdle. <laughs> Double, I don't know what his name is. <laughs> what? Oh my gosh, why was it not a McDonald's Land character? <laughs> oh my god. Double. Oh, that's oh man. Okay, do, that's, do one flew over the cuckoo's nest, but with all McDonald Land characters? Yeah. <laughs> when, well, those, those Grimace is Billy. Oh, uh, yes. Hamburglar yeah. is the chief. Oh, this man. is this is gonna be great. This is, oh, yeah. this is gonna be good. <laughs> gonna Mayor McCheese is Nurse Ratchet. Of course, yeah. Mayor McCheese is Nurse Ratchet. That goes without saying. <laughs> oh man, get oh, on man. it, Mickey yeah. D's. Yeah, this, this will happen. Yeah. Oh man, uh, when I was at University of Arizona, I at two different levels of production. One was like a club production, and the other one was like a, a main stage theater department production. They uh, on separate on different years. Uh, they did Twelfth Night, Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. Nice. In both roles, I was cast as Sir Andrew, which is correct because he's like kind of like the goofball friend of the goofball who's kind of yeah. a loser. And oh man, I was I was sadly born <laughs> to play that. Were those role. productions near each other in well, time? Uh, kind of. I think they're separate by one year. Okay, that's not so. Yeah, yeah. I um, I, of course we'll go here. I love that in 1953, there was a film version of Oedipus, and Shatner was in it, but he wasn't well known then. Um, and then because Oedipus is not is public domain, like even back then. Like the networks were like, let's cash in on this sweet Oedipus money, and so, <laughs> oh. so they made a made-for-TV movie that came out the same day uh. as the film, and Shatner's like, oh, I'll audition for that too in a different role. What? So I was confused in IMDb when I was like, wait, and I was like, nope, that was two different productions of it? Oedipus that came out the same wow. day. Oh man, two different roles. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. Oh man, Jeff, do you have any young uh, childhood? Stage moment. You know, I didn't, I didn't do any theater until I started doing improv at the uh, young age of thirty-six. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did play in the school band. I played the clarinets. Nice. Oh, okay. oh, awesome! And I was terrible. Um, <laughs> the, the, oh. the world's probably better off for me not playing the uh, clarinet. But I do remember one particular time, me and this other guy who sucked as well. Um, somehow we found each other. Uh, second and last seat uh, in the clarinet section, probably. Um, but we had to do some sort of duet, and we played. And the uh, music teacher's comment, all he said was, "Well, at least you ended at the same time." So, oh, oh man! Oh. So, uh, <laughs> so we're not going to be hearing from uh, Cardello's Kletzmer Quartet anytime soon. Yeah, I won't. Uh, I won't okay. be bringing the clarinet here to the podcast. Oh, no, oh man! Fortunately. Though I do have um, a cassette tape still in my possession of myself playing the clarinet, and yeah, it's um, it's bad. It's, <laughs> oh. it's bad stuff. 
I just want to point out, like, just using Audacity for this podcast, and I happened to see when we all went, whoa! You can see the sound meter, like, Oh, so it's going to be just maxed out. Yeah, I... Oh, man. I'm sure it's fine in control, but you can just see this big balloon. Yeah, Yeah. for for those um, audio nerds who are hopefully listening, there will be some compression put on this. I'll be uh, (laughs) squashing those peaks. I want want this as an uncompressed flak file. You can... uh, Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not... You can squash the peaks. I'm going to burn it to a CD. Hey. Yeah. I will raise the valleys. Any of, any of our listeners who want flak files, like you're the worst. Yeah, this this podcast yeah, is not real. available on Real Player. So yeah. please download our yeah. Wednesday morning surf report skin for your music match for Winamp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The only song that should be on a flak file is Killing Me Softly. <laughs> okay, I'll take your word for okay. it. I don't need an explanation. It sounds best in flak. <laughs> it's Roberta Flack. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Whoa. Okay. There you oh. go. Okay. Mind blown. Boosh. He, oh, man, that we didn't get his joke. He, he got really, uh, he got surly for a second. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you didn't get my pun. Come on, you guys. God damn you people. What were you die. Doing? Die, you people. Die. <laughs> Actually, I I worked for a, a company that sold parts for like high end audio stuff, and mm-hmm. I I went to the um, CES show in Las Vegas to like an offshoot like high end audio um, section of it, and um, in heaven, it was it was cool. But one thing about audiophile people is they like have the worst taste in music. It's like you're going oh gosh, yes. you're going to into a room. It's like a twenty thousand uh, dollar speaker system with like nine hundred dollar speaker cables and just ridiculous stuff. And it's like, oh, here's this like Kenny G, and it's like it, it was the worst. Like <laughs> it was the worst music ever. It, yeah. Is it? Is there also any truth to? I've seen several articles like debunking the science of like the really high end like nine hundred dollars. Yeah. Cables. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's all yeah. Bullshit. Especially, okay, so it was 97% bullshit like 10, 15 years ago <laughs> when it was copper wiring. Where they're like, like you could get really crappy wires and then the, the quality would raise a little bit. You know, because that was actually like an analog signal going through and they're like electrons and there was resistance. Mm-hmm. Okay. But like now it's ones and zeros. So that one <laughs> is going to get there or it's not. <laughs> you know? right, it's yeah. not like it's like oh this one's kind of shambly right? <laughs> it's like, with digital signals it gets there or it doesn't <laughs> yeah <laughs> one of so one of the best pieces uh, of advice Bill has ever given me mm-hmm. and, and he's given me great advice throughout the years uh, you know one try the rattlesnake uh, two uh, no, uh, no it has to do with technology is he says uh, and tell me if I'm wrong because you're sti- sitting in front of me yeah, yeah some hummingbird oh, oh. oh man oh his Just face sit yeah. up again um, Bill says and I'll quote Bill as he sits here get the uh, second uh, most expensive thing because the most expensive thing is the cutting edge and it's only got like things that are a little bit better, but the second, like, there's a big price drop. Yeah. And then like, it's like that 1% people will pay just because it's the last one. Right. You know? Yeah. And then, and then, like, but really what you want is the more moderately priced second best thing because. You're probably a normal person, and you just want like really cool stuff. It's still really cool without being like stupid. 
That one percent, and, and yeah, yeah, and then don't get like the bottom. Yeah, one. or maybe yeah. get the second bottom one because yeah. then the same thing it yeah. drops off a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Good advice. We also There's your like advice to share some Bill lessons from me here on the while Bill sits in front of me. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Here's my advice to you: quote somebody while they sit. In front <laughs> yeah, of yeah, yeah. That is that's wait, that's wait, my Tommy advice to you. Of them. <laughs> yes. well, All right. I, I'm either Jim from Taxi or Richard Nixon. Yeah, was, <laughs> both. Yeah. I'm vacillating between yeah. the two of them. Uh, oh boy, I'm Bill Binder, and I want you to know you should get the second <laughs> rung of any technology. <laughs> they don't. They're just going to assume that was me saying that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you were. Yeah. That was, that was pretty good, Bill. That was a good noise mirror. That was a good impression of yourself. I'm gonna jump back a half dozen subjects um, <laughs> to musicals. Sure, I remember, yeah. uh, I remember those because I remember I was in a musical group for a while, the Remainders, musical oh, improv yeah. for for many years, and we were had this long discussion. We had a lot of discussions about music theory and stuff like that. Um, were you music? Theory yep, jerks? Okay. total jerks. And um, we were talking about how like the music, like when in the improvised songs, when you don't know the words. Like the music definitely influences what you're singing, you know, no, yeah. which is cool, and and also the music when you're, it affects your mood. And we're like, I wonder if that like, but real life people don't have backing. And of course, I'm like, oh. so I uh, had Shane had a portable Chapman stick, so I had him follow me around all day, <laughs> and like I went to work. And you know, and he, like he provided like background stuff, and like people came and asked questions, he'd be like, boom, 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 and then like, but like, and then I started, I was programming, and like, like I was like really paying attention, so he's played this like really intense like Julia Roberts hacking into the system music, you know, and I was like, I'm coding better, because oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. it, was, it was really cool experiment, yeah, that's cool, yeah, oh man, and isn't the theory like it, it's supposed to be? I've heard a few directors say this, where you are acting, 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 and the emotion is so high, or the stakes are so high, and then, boom, that's when you break into the song. That's that was a the theory show. for a long time. Like I think even up until recent, like even when we were doing it in 2006, it's like you have to earn the song. Yeah, you know, and it's still a lot of musicals are that way. But I know there's also like a very I don't know if you call it postmodern because I don't know what that word means, but um, I do. Um, but there's like a more modern take of like if you treat the songs as the centerpiece and the acting as secondary instead of vice versa, then it's like this about songs and then Maisie will just pump out acting and then come back into the song again. Um, so it's like the acting doesn't have to earn the songs because we don't care about the acting. Oh. So that's kind of a, a newer All right. mindset. But that's definitely good. for 50 or 60 years, it was like mm-hmm. the like, yeah, earn the song. Right. I can still see examples where that was probably, if not the theory, that was the practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. But yeah, I think that's that's uh, that got me over the hump because I definitely grew up as a as a like I can't see myself watching a musical type of person. Mm-hmm. And then I married somebody who does musical theater, so mm-hmm. we've been kind of going back. Slowly. Your wife? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, Her. We've been going back slowly, and like there was a lot of momentum a few years ago. I think when she was doing more shows Uh to uh, to catch up on all the musicals that I hadn't seen. That's how I came to see The Music Man, Mm -hmm. and uh, like the only musicals I knew until I was like thirty or even maybe even thirty five was like the Rocky Horror Picture Show and uh, (laughs) Little Shop of Horrors. 
Which I oh, still that one's great. Great, great musical. Oh, There's, I yeah. love those. Are good. And then, like, little also, little I like little, little Shop of Horse. And, um, there's also like that specific kind of musical that you know just because if you ever went to high school, you went to high school with like 17-year-old girls and there's like that one type of musical that just appeals and like they're singing it. Oh, there was Phantom and then there was Les Mis, yep. Cats, Miss Saigon, Frozen, Wicked, like that flavor where just like there's that one or two song that just gets sung all... Yes, I went to high school for 26 consecutive years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, I still... I'm sure Oklahoma is fine, but I cannot bring myself to re-like Oklahoma because I have a feeling like maybe my mom and grandma kind of overplayed that one. Okay. Maybe I saw Oklahoma too much now that, you know, throw in a little Brigadoon more often, please. (laughs) Yeah, Brigadoon is probably our personal record holder for the longest we've ever... Had a movie checked out of the DVD from Netflix. Okay. We oh, had that one okay. For at least 14 months. So, like, the DVD disappeared from the Netflix's catalog, uh-huh. and then mysteriously it reappeared. A hundred and then years later. again. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then it reappeared. Your love brought it back. <laughs> yeah. uh, my brother got a, to be. That was a weird, weird show. Harry Beaton. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, they, was. for one rehearsal, sang Harry Beats It. So, you know. It's kind of it kind of seems like they took a bunch of popular musicals and a couple <laughs> pairs of scissors and they're just like oh, whatever fell on the table has got made it into the show. <laughs> it's, a it's a strange show. Yeah, yeah. My friend, we did. My friend Dave, I did Brigadoon with him, but he also wrote a musical with uh, his friends Jeremy and Eric, and I thought it was good. It was called Quest. And we did it, and this person who was reviewing it said, well, it was ponderous. That's not a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) And I like the quaffer. At least that one person, not a fan, but it's like, it's ponderous. It's not a good thing. (laughs) Well, in case you're you're curious. And uh, we don't want to be ponderous here. We actually... uh, We've reached the end oh, of no. talking Whoa. about musicals. Well, the deal Time with musicals flies. is that they are okay. Yes, oh. we endorse musicals. What um, did there. So, I answered uh, the question. We do have time for some quick plugs here. So, Rick, what, what do you have going on? Uh, let me consult the magic calendar in the back of my brain. Probably the most uh, current news for people listening to this is... Um, let me see. I'm, I don't actually have a calendar in front of me. The 25th of March... Um, Apollo 12 will be performing in scenic Tucson, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and more details on that are forthcoming. Um, I think we should be up by then. Um, in April, uh, on the 8th of April, we're doing a live podcast recording of this very show mm-hmm. with some All amazing right. guests. We've got, uh, Confirmed Ron Babcock, Ryan McKee. Oh, and I miss awesome. From New Orleans, Chris True. Chris True's great. Whoa, yeah. man. That's going to be an off the wall bonkers show. It's going to oh, be yeah, great. totally um, off the wall bonkers. And nice. then the following weekend, um, again, 
I, I hope I'm not stealing somebody else's plugs here, but Apollo 12 will be appearing in the Phoenix Improv Festival in the cool. beautiful downtown yeah. Phoenix. Everyone should check that out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, Tommy, what do you have coming up? Um, well, this coming spring, which is soon to come upon us, uh, um, the improv duo I do with my wife, Cannonball, with the lovely Michelle Cannon. We've got four slots on the Torches schedule for this coming spring. Oh, fun. Uh, so that's going to be fun. Yep. Uh, I am as often as I can at Improv Mania, which is next door to where we're recording here at Gangplank at Improv Mania. I uh, am going to be doing the duo with Arturo uh, in the Phoenix Improv Festival, Robot Destroyers from Planet Earth. Uh, we're also doing two more dino provs because the trunk space is moving. Yeah. Apollo 12's in one of those. So, um, yeah. And check out the stuff I draw. Fred the Mustard Packet, Dr. Zombie, My Big Break. I'm deep into My Big Break. Citrus City Delight. I'm banging out pages of that. That'll probably come out like two seconds before Im Phoenix Improv Festival shows up. Bill Binder's awesome. a co-author. It's supposed to be a fundraiser for it, but it'll probably fundraise for next year. And uh, yeah, I'm drawing away. All right. Very there good. Go. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, Bill... Uh, most of my time is dedicated to the Phoenix Improv Festival right now, getting that thing going uh, down at the Herberger. I'll be at Bird City Improv Festival, Bird City Comedy Festival, I'm sorry, because there's a lot of comedy down there, and that's going to be great. Um, I'll be playing in Cambria, California in May, if anybody wants to come up and see me and grab a Bloody Mary at Mosey's Bar. So uh, that's about that's it for me. Pretty exciting. Cool. Uh, Jeff, anything for you? Um, let's see, yeah, uh, just check us out at the Bird City Comedy Fest. Um, I'll be on another podcast with a former guest, uh, Anthony Desimitos. Uh, thank, what's it called? Thank, thank you, you for, for being, being a podcast. Thank oh, you for man. being a podcast. Oh, yeah. I was Golden a guest girl. on that. So, yeah, if you like the Golden it's Girls. A great podcast. And mm -hmm. if you like me, or even if you don't <laughs> like me. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, uh, that'll be posted on March 23rd, so that's all I got. Oh, that's exciting. I like you a lot, Jeff. Oh, yeah. thanks. You're, you're one of our favorites. Oh, <laughs> well, that's going to bring us to a close. Thanks to all of our listeners and soon-to-be Facebook group of correctors. Um, thanks. It's Mount Rushmore. Yeah. <laughs> it's Mount, yeah. No, Mount Rushmore is going to be our Achilles heel forever. <laughs> Teddy <laughs> Roosevelt. I was telling the story of forgetting about Mount Rushmore, and I all, and then I again couldn't remember. So you would think that would have... Caused me to go into the library and study up, but no. Jackie, we will uh, remain ignorant of history. Yeah. yeah. Thanks again for Gangplank for putting us up. Thanks again to Gangplank for putting us up. Yeah. And uh, thanks again, and enjoy the rest of your internet. Have a good night. <laughs>